This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter Podcast. I'm Billy Mully and today we are bringing you our Lone Watch episode where we take a look at how three of our loanees fared up in their respective loans and assess their situation coming into next year. We spoke to a Charlton, Bradford and Yeovil fan to see how Elliot Lee, Dion Pereira and Josh Nerfield got on respectively because these recordings were done before news of the retained list comes out. We've still got that segment on leave but most of it is about what his next move might be but to speak through some of the situations before we get on to our, our three guests I've got Stephen Day with me Stephen how are you getting on mate not too bad mate you not too bad not too bad as you say we're getting to this this sort of time of year where there's no loot in football you still get excited because it's still fresh but we're, we're coming into this long summer without looting and yeah no World Cup either. I think we spoke before how stupid the, the World Cup in December is going to be. But I guess it's something to, to look forward to. And a, a, the season starts a little bit sooner as well. Which I guess hey, I'm, I'm excited for a Winter World Cup for, for once once in a lifetime sort of thing. It, I, hate, I hate where it's being held, but at the same time, I think having a, a break where there's, you know, there's, there's World Cup football and then football in the pyramid in the English pyramid that's unaffected as well that's going to be brilliant like having there's going to be football on 24-7 it's going to it's going to feel like so I'm excited yeah yeah I guess it's got his his positives it'll be as you say once in a lifetime see how that actually all goes on but as we are we are going to be talking about all things Luton Town and Luton Town's loanees and the first player we'll mention is Elliot Lee of course he will be released when his contract expires next month. 
an excellent servant to the club, Stephen. Um, back-to-back promotions, some incredible goals during it. You can say it's been a successful ride for him. Yeah, I think it probably hasn't been as, as successful as what he probably wanted it to be, but he has been brilliant for us. And the the goals that he's scored, some of them have been exceptional. And it's, it's upsetting to see that he is going, but at the same time, he's 27 years old. He's getting to the prime of his career. He needs to be playing regularly. League one, maybe a higher end League two side where he can properly kick on and, and you know, become like a, a very, very good football league striker or like, you know, um, League Two, League One striker. He can make a proper name for himself uh, somewhere, you know, in, in in either of those leagues. And it'll be, I think it's the best thing for him and us as well. Um, and I really, I just really hope that he gets on and, and starts showing what he's about because we saw what he was about in League Two and League One. And, and then just unfortunately it hasn't worked out for him in the championship, but He's got he's got enough to uh to still make a name for himself. Just looking a little bit into his numbers, just over two thousand three hundred minutes of League One football for Cholton this season, which equates to thirty four matches uh, coming on on from the bench a fair few times, scoring three goals, four assists, and and primarily played in centre midfield, which is quite quite strange given that we've grown accustomed to him playing in more sort of attacking positions on the wing as a striker at times and, and sort of more recently as an attacking midfielder. So I guess the next question would be, um, where could you see him sort of fitting in? Uh, you said there could be League One, League Two. If you had to put your money on anything, where where would you put it? Sort of top end League Two or, or somewhere in League One where he can add sort of value like he did at Cholton this year? I get the feeling he's, he might be at a time in his life where he doesn't want to to move far away. So I, I can't see why he wouldn't go to somewhere like Cambridge or uh, even Wickham if, if Ainsworth is still there and, and, you know, can make a thing for him. Because I think Elliot Lee probably comes under that sort of sort of person uh, in Gareth Ainsworth's mind that, you know, has had promise, hasn't really shown or been given the opportunity to show what what they're exactly about. And I think there could be room for him to, you know, slot in and, uh, Wickham and, and Gareth Ainsworth to get the best out of him. Because I think what Elliot Lee needs is someone to put him in, in a position that's best for him and someone that can get the best out of him. And I think someone like Gareth Ainsworth would be perfect for him. But at the same time, in reality, I, I can't see that being a move that would actually materialise. Um, i it would be, it'd probably come as a shock to me to see it happen as well. But I think personally that would make the most sense to to work under someone that can get the best out of anyone. Yeah, it could be an interesting sort of proposition for a side that are coming up from League Two as well. A team that sort of want that, that kind of experience, a player that's unlikely to demand too high high wages as well coming from a club like us. Um, and obviously coming from a loan spell as well, could obviously add value at, at League One level. As you say, it'll be interesting to see how that situation plays out. Uh, another player that we also, well, not also, player that we don't have a clue what's going to happen about his future is Dion Pereira, player that we've all of us on the podcast been really excited about what he could bring to Luton Town if he does play regular football for us. Had a, a very good loan spell with, with Bradford this season. Um, I know the stats don't really back that up with one goal in, in 785 minutes, but 
reading the reviews from um, respective uh, local outlets and, and sort of honing in on, on some of the um, social media comments that we've seen from Bradford fans as well. They've really, really loved having him and really think he's a player that, that you know, is a cheat code in, in League Two, which is good to hear. Um, we have seen sort of those those social media posts from him that, that could suggest the move to Bradford might be something that they're, well, something he's considering at least. So, um, yeah, how do you assess Dion Pereira's situation and, and what the next move could be? To be fair, I think when he when he first signed, I didn't really have too much expectations for him to be able to break into the first team um, at any point. Um, I think he, he does look like a good player, but I don't think he's he's got exactly what we're looking for, especially with, with the sort of attacking players we've got coming through now, like We've got Anya Dimmer, we've got um, Carlos Mendes Gomez, and I think he, he's going to miss out on, on first-team opportunities because of that. So I, I can definitely see him leaving, and I, I can see Bradford coming in for him. If, if they, you know, It's shown that they loved him. The way he's talking on social media about it as well, or putting those posts up that says soon, or you know, with an arrow saying soon, or whatever he's been doing, um, I can... It, it would make a lot of sense for that to materialise. Yeah, as you say, it's a, a real sort of uncertain situation. It's um, interesting because when he did come on against uh, Stevenage in the League Cup game, I know it's a small sum- sample size, it was 20 minutes, but I was really, really excited at that point about what he could do. And obviously some of the bits that he's done within the, the development squad as well, it just, I've, I've been really, really excited for Dion Pereira. I think, on a personal perspective, I'd love to see him break into that side. But as you say, we've got so many options. So many options. Like, as you say, Carlos Mendes Gomez, who hasn't seen much minutes this season, with Dion Pereira come back into the squad and, and be on sort of a higher level in, in um, Nathan Jones's estimation than Carlos Mendes Gomez. You wouldn't really think so. So, yeah, as you say. And I think a, a big part of it as well is how we're going to play next year. Um, Carlos Mendes Gomez hasn't seen too much football because I imagine because of going three five two, he's he's sort of adapted well to a attacking midfield position when he's been called upon. But ultimately, we're playing with a system without wingers, and I think that's that's probably come to to his detriment this season. Uh, whether we go back to something like a four two three one that we saw at the start of the season, that's something that could bolster both uh, Dion Pereira's and Carlos Mendes Gomez's progression at Luton. You would think. Um, We'll go on to Josh Nerfil, um, another uh, one. I think everyone's going to be sick and tired of me using the word excited, but he is another one that we are excited for. Um, really, really shone with Yeovil Town from from what we've heard from, from fans on social media. Again, uh, player ratings and all that kind of stuff. Scored a, a really good goal against Stockport that, that went on social media as well. Um, a, a player that's got Lots and lots of promise, bags of pace, uh, real athleticism, intelligence in, in forward positions as well, which which is strange given that we'd seen him in pre-seasons as sort of a right back, a right wing back. Um, he's gone on to, to shine up top. Stephen, looking at Josh Nerfield, looking at where we are as a football club and where he's been playing his, his football this season, does it look like a lo- another low move should be sanctioned to sort of bridge the gap to where he is now and, and where we are as a football club now. 
I think so. I think either a, a higher end League Two club or one that's pushing for promotion or a League One club, um, he needs to get minutes under his belt in, in the Football League, really. Um, I think he's one that I, again, worry that, I think, as I said recently, like victim to our eyes. Um, you know, there, there might not be enough opportunities for him, but he's out of. Out of him and, and Dion Pereira, you know, not the same players, but, you know, Nerfil is, is only 21 and he's still got time. And I think he, I think he does have a chance to push on and, and break into the squad. And I just would like to see him, in, you know, getting better minute or not better quality minutes, but you know what I mean? Like working, playing, playing in the, in the football league will be something that will help him out more than playing the National League. And he's shown that he's brilliant in the National League, so he needs to step up. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, where where can he go, whether he gets the minutes. And, and yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd just, I'd hope to see him get a League 2, League 1 move. Um, but at the same time, if if Jones sees something in him and or the club, the club sees something in him and to have him around the first team, then I'll... I'll I would love that because it just shows that we, we've got trust in him and there could be a a special player there. Yeah, as we saw, a nine nine month injury really hindered his progress, but he's looked to he's well, he has responded very, very well in his time with Yeovil. And as you say, it could be a lone move, but it could also be um sort of a squad player. It might be deemed best that he's kept close to the first team environment, kept close to sort of the, the talented squad that we do possess in, in hope that he will become a better player for it. Yeah, it'll be definitely very interesting to see how that one plays out. But without further ado, we'll get started with the fans that we're going to speak to. And we start by talking all things Elliot Lee. And now I'm joined by Marcus Ali, a Cholton Athletic fan, to talk about all things Elliot Lee. Marcus, how are you getting on? Yeah, really well. Thanks, Billy. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's been an interesting watch, Elliot Lee, this season. Plenty of ups and downs. Um, nothing I'm sure that you're not used to watching him play for Luton. But um, no, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a very interesting player to monitor this season. As you say, ups and downs with, with Elliot Lee. Is that sort of a, another way to sum up the season at Charlton? Lots of ups and downs and, and Elliot Lee sort of matched that kind of thing. Yeah, I'd say that's a good way to describe it. Potentially more downs and ups, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it was a tricky environment for him to come into. Obviously, it was the the final week of the August, uh, so, uh, final week of August in the, in the summer transfer window that he did finally um, join. And it was yeah, the, the season had already started pretty poorly, so it was a, a tricky one from Lee's point of view, settling in to a, a new group of players under Nigel Atkins at the time as well. Um, but yeah, he, he was sort of in and out of the side, played in a, in a range of different positions as well. Overall, probably made, gave quite a good account of himself. I think at, at his best, it was it was clear that um, he, he was a player that would have the ability to, to be involved as a, as a squad player potentially for Luton. But um, yeah, it, it was a tricky season for a lone player in particular. And I think that did show at times um, with Lee at Charlton, despite getting off to a good start. And it's not the first time, not first time in, in sort of the last couple of years that we've seen a, a player from Luton enjoy um, in part a, a loan spell at Charlton with, with Andy Shinney there. And uh, do, do you sort of see 
there potentially being some sort of uh, loan connection between the two clubs in the future, you know, with, with Cholton um, making good use of the loan market in, in recent years in terms of some of the additions that they've made. Can you see that Lee's won't say success because, as you say, it's been ups and downs, but the fact that there has been the agreement in place, do you think that that could uh, blossom into sort of a, a partnership in the future? Um, definitely so, yeah, because it's an interesting one. Because Luton, obviously, were in League One not so, not so long ago, um, that there's still some players in the squad with that experience, and it's, it's kind of a different dynamic age-wise compared to the typical loan player that you sign in League One. So the players, obviously, Shinny and, and Lee coming in from Luton, they're almost ready to adjust to, to the style of football quicker than maybe a, a, a younger um, loanee maybe coming in from a Premier League club with, with limited um, experience in senior football. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'd be all for it. If, if Luton do have the, these players that they're not going to be able to afford regular minutes to then that are of the calibre of, of Lee and, and definitely Andrew Shinney, I'd, I'd be happy for it to continue. Um, but, yeah, obviously it depends on, on how the Hatters' squad is, is built going into next season. And of course, we were saying off-air just before we came on that the fact that Luton don't publicly announce the length of contracts makes it a little bit difficult to determine what, what the immediate future might be. If a permanent option came, um, if there was an opportunity for, an, for a permanent option come the summer, if his contract was out at Luton, would that be something that, as a Cholton fan, you'd be open to or, or something that, that perhaps is um, not the best thing for the club moving forward and moving in a new direction? Personally, I would definitely be up for that. Um, I think I'm possibly in, I think the majority of Charlton fans would probably want to steer away from Elliot Lee, to be honest. Um, I, I do feel like that's a little bit of an overreaction just because of the poor second half of the season that we had. Um, I think Lee's a very sort of, uh, I'm trying to think of the way to describe it. He, he's, um, he's an ambitious player, so in possession with his passing and his dribbling, um, he did have a lot of confidence at Charlton and he wanted to make things happen in the final third. Um, yeah, very adventurous with his passing and, and not afraid to take a player on. So when that goes the other way, it, it does look worse than if, if you're playing more safer, sort of passing backwards and sideways or, or um, yeah, just looking for, for, for more simpler, high percentage, higher probability passes, which I, I definitely think Lee wasn't doing and, and then when the results and, and the mood can turn it, it does impact sort of more negatively um, the way that you're looked on um, com compared to if it, if it goes the other way then it's spectacular so yeah I, I, I would take him to be honest um, I, I think building a squad for League One level I think if Elliot Lee's available on a free transfer I'd see that as a good signing for pretty much any League One club next season um, I don't see him forcing his way into uh, to, to get many regular minutes for, for a championship side if, if he was to leave Luton for another second tier club. Um, but I think in terms of his chance creation and even his, his, his goal scoring as well, it's easy to forget that for Charlton this season, he mainly played as a box-to-box -box midfielder, which um, I'm not 100% sure, but it feels like that's one of the first times in the last few seasons where the majority of his minutes has been as a sort of number eight with as much responsibility out of possession as he did have with it. Um, I think 26 league starts, four goals, four assists. And it's the areas that he was getting into as well that I, th I think would make him quite a good signing for Charlton. He did score just the four goals, but from 8.24 expected goals. Um, so that shows that 
even though his finishing was off, for me, I, I see that as a potential, to be honest. I see if he was to replicate those numbers next season, he'd score more than four goals. Um, similar with the assists as well, four assists, 5.36 expected assists. Um, so those are healthy numbers, really, for a central midfielder at League One level. So even though, um, yeah, the, the fan base kind of not turned on him completely, but maybe won't rate him as much going out of the season as they did uh, with, for his performances, potentially under Johnny Jackson's caretaker period where Charlton rose up the table. I do think he'd be, he'd be a good signing, um, particularly if he was available on a free, at least to be a, a fringe player next season or a player that's pushing for a start. Because I think he's, he's the type of professional as well that you could also guarantee would be given 100% from the fringes, even if he wasn't a starter straight away. So, yeah, I'm, I'm potentially in a, in a minority, but I definitely think Elliot Lee would be a sensible pickup um, on a free transfer for, for any League One club this summer and, and in that, definitely Charlton. It's definitely interesting what you say there about sort of the expected number, uh, expected goals, sorry, in terms of the expected goals and the expected assists, uh, getting himself into good positions, all whilst playing a little bit deeper than us Luton fans have come to come to expect of him, really. Um, so, so you, you say there that you, you haven't really, you didn't really expect him to play in this sort of deeper midfield role. Is that something that if you did get him on a permanent uh, permanent uh, contract and you know a, a manager comes in that does want to utilize him in a high, in a more advanced position is that something that you could see happening or do you think he's now better suited in this in this sort of deeper number eight role I do think he's better suited deeper now um, at this stage of his career. I think um, he, he maybe doesn't have the pace to play out wide or, or be a runner in behind anymore and he definitely suits his ball playing ability to be receiving the ball with, with more space in front of him. Um, as I alluded to, his, his passing range and, and um, how he likes to progress the ball does, there's sort of more margin for error if he's receiving the ball in a deeper position to pick out someone wide or um, a, a taller striker crossing from deep. So, And also his attitude off the ball was bang on, to be honest. Um, he was flying into his challenges like I didn't expect when we signed him. That's not really how, how I pictured him, but... Um, you know, he, he wore the shirt well. Um, yeah, there was no complaints with his work rate. And so, so I think his all-round skill set does suit a box-to-box central midfielder now far more than, than maybe someone playing in a, in a front three or um, or sort of a, as a number 10. I, I do think as an attack-minded um, central midfielder, that is probably his, his best position at the moment. Um, it, it, in the midfield three that he typically played in, he did have the most sort of attacking licence. Um it was sort of George Dobson sitting and then and two number eights, typically Alex Gilby and uh, Elliot Lee. And, and Lee would be slightly more advanced than Gilby, but um, uh, he did contribute uh, enough without the ball to suggest that that would be uh, a better position to put him in moving, moving forward. So, yeah, if we did sign him this summer, I would be putting him in that depth chart as a central midfielder rather than um, a forward of any kind. Certainly be interesting to see how this summer plays out from, from Elliot Lee's perspective and also from a Charlton perspective. Would, would uh, a move back to the Valley actually come to fruition? Is that going to be the best option for, for uh, Elliot Lee himself moving forward? That is all for now, Marcus. Thank you very much and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for having me. Now joined by Bradford fan Chris, also is a one-third of the Lower League Look podcast. Chris, I think the first place to start will be Bradford and, and their season before we get onto the Dion Pereira business and um, a bit of a roller coaster of a ride of a season, I imagine. 
it's just been similar for the last few years with Bradford. You know, obviously we're. I I always say this: that you are where you are in the league. Um, we are, a, I would say, a reasonably big club. That pro, you know, we should be in the championship. We've. We came in with lots of expectations. We brought in Derek Adams in the summer, who'd, who'd taken Morecambe up uh, the previous season, which was, you know, was a marvellous achievement. I don't, you know, the fact that they were there, um, and it just didn't go right from pretty much day one with him. Really, I think we won like maybe the first couple of games or two or three, uh, but it just all started to fall apart. The players just fell out of him, and then. Uh, Obviously, we sacked him. Uh, he came out with a line, which was, you'll never get a manager better than me. And then a couple of days later, we've got Mark Hughes as manager. And uh, even though we've still been around the same kind of position where we finished at the end of the season, he has brought in uh, you know, a lot of good things. He's The players that we've had, he's really transformed a lot of them. Unfortunately, a few of them are out of contract. I don't expect them to stay. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been one of those years. It, it's just what it's like being a Bradford fan, unfortunately, at the moment. But it is what it is. There's nothing else we can say about it, really. And we'll head into the the kind of Dion Pereira kind of uh, aspect of all this. Um, we spoke of it before. It, it was a sort of failed loan move to Yeovil for one reason or another. It didn't work out, I think, um, a lot has been sort of rumoured about why it didn't work out. But, you know, we us Luton fans, we got a good glimpse of, of what he can do in a 20-minute spell against Stevenage. Thought there's no way um, that this player will, will end up at League Two level. We thought he was he was ready pretty much for, for championship football, maybe even League One. But Bradford did agree a deal. Uh, he came in um, and again, similar to, to what we said with Yeovil, there was sort of injury involved right from the very start and um but but since then he's really kicked on hasn't he yeah i mean when he came in again he was a Derek adams signing i think it was january i want to say it was january when we brought him in not a lot was known about him uh from the city fans uh and he was injured straight away so he was out for i think merely three months so obviously the murmurs uh, the comments from Bradford City fans on Twitter and, and far afield were that, well, why are we not sending this this guy back? You know, there's obviously some issues going on. Uh, I believe he had a calf injury. There was pictures of him on um, his Instagram where he had two boots on. Um, and it was like, well, maybe maybe he's not faking it. or you know. And of course, like you just mentioned about the Oval thing. So there was kind of a worry about, was it the player? Was it Or was it the management that he just didn't appreciate? Um, he then came into the squad very much, pretty much when um, Derek Adams had left. I think he might have maybe played one game, potentially not actually. I think Mark Hughes, he he came in for Mark Hughes. Um, And straight away, within the first couple of minutes, you watched him, uh, the flair, uh, the skill. There's no denying that he's a very, very quick footballer. Um, The only thing I would say, and I think that probably because he's been injured for three months, is sometimes his final ball is not quite there, but everything that leads up to that, um, he's really good, and yeah, I, I would say that he's he's been he's been an absolute revelation since he's come in the last uh, ten games of the season. And as sort of a Luton fan, we've seen him play in a more attacking midfield role, and and looking um, looking at, at sort of this season for for um, Bradford, it looks like he's been playing out on the right wing, um, sort of a left footed player that looks to cut in, but he's also someone that, that looks to go out on the outside as well, and. and trust his right foot so what what do you make of him in that right wing position and the kind of system he's been deployed in at, at Bradford this, this season 
Yeah, I, I think what one thing that Mark Hughes has been doing is, uh, which is very common actually, is where the, the wingers have been swapping. So he has played on the left a little bit as well. Um, for me, I would see him on the left. I definitely see him on the left. He's much stronger on the left left hand side. Uh, he, he just reads the game so well. He you know he likes to take on footballers uh, and beat them. Um, and as I mentioned, it's just sometimes the final ball. There is definitely a baller in there. Um, I personally think he needs another year. I mean, I'd be very much happy to have him for another year if that was the case. But I, I mean, there's a lot of um, confusion at the moment as to whether he's still got a contract at Luton. Now, I thought I'd read somewhere that he got a New Year's two-year deal, uh, but that doesn't seem to have been reported anyway. So a lot of Bradford fans at the moment are wondering whether... Um, he might be a permanent sign in the summer. I don't personally think that that's going to happen. I don't think that he would come back to Bradford um, as much as I would love it. I, I think that the guy's got so much quality that he's he's ready for League One at least. Yeah, as you say, I think um, with Luton, they don't tend to report on contract lengths, um, something that is uh, not too common within the Football League. It does um, seem to be something that that's only really applies to Luton. But yeah, it is quite uncertain as to whether he does have any more years on his contract and, and what what the sort of situation looks like for him. But um, I, I guess what the next question should be is, is how high is that ceiling with, with Dion Pereira? Is he somebody that, that is, you know, maybe a step away from competing at the top end of the championship like Luton have proven to do this season? Beyond that, is he somebody that, that could eventually cut it at Premier League level? I don't say this very often, but I do think there is that potential with him. I mean, I know he's is he twenty three, so obviously he's not got um, many years to improve to, to the level that he you know he will get to if he needs to be. I think that if he's you know if he trains right and he has the professional attitude, I definitely would see him um, coming into your squad next season. Uh, I know you've got some fantastic players. Um, it, it, in fact, to be honest with you, I am one of my. I, I said at the beginning of the season that I thought Luton would be up there, and I actually said that I thought you'd actually go up. So I was, I was a little bit gutted. Obviously, uh, that lot across across the West Yorkshire uh, won the other day, but um, yeah, but no, I do think that he's got that potential in him. It's just a case of whether he believes himself. Get that final ball sorted out. Um, he reads the game real. He, he knows where to run as well, um, which is obviously, uh, sounds ridiculous, but not a lot of players will always have. Um, so I do personally think that if he is at Luton next season, I could see him you know, starting on the bench, um, coming through and, and potentially coming into that team. I really do. And and I, say, I don't say that lightly. There's not many players that I do think from this league will get anywhere near the championship. But I do think that Dion has got a massive amount of potential. It's just whether he uses that or not. Yeah, as you say, it'd be interesting to see what the next step might be, whether it could be, you know, a, a loan back to Bradford. Um, as you say, you don't think that's that's going to be the most likely option, whether it's maybe even a League One loan move or even trying to pave his way into the first into first team contention at Luton. I'm sure it's going to be exciting to see what else happens and, I guess one thing that we, we could sort of uh, look into is the fact that um, we've sort of over the years established quite a good uh, relationship with Yeovil. Um, obviously, Dion Pereira um, was a, had his spell there. I know it didn't work out, but we've also had uh, Josh Nerfil this season that's been there. We've also had Gabriel Woshow. Do you see sort of some sort of partnership working out with, with the two clubs, say, um, 
you know, given the success of this Dion Pereira low move, do you, do you think there's sort of any scope for, for Luton to, to trust Bradford with sort of talent that is coming through the club with, with at the moment, the, the club's being two levels apart? I think so. I'd, I'd really like to see that. I think, you know, you, you look at your success as well over the last, you know, few years um, and, and some of the youth players that you've, you, you know, you've produced and um, I, I could see that happening. Absolutely. Um, I think obviously when we were looking in March time, we might have said, you know, bit of frustration. But then again, I, I think maybe Luton trusted us with uh, Dion, even though he was injured for so long and that was maybe that was part of the reason why he wasn't recalled or or we sent him back was that, you know, there was that belief that, you know, that, that, that something could happen with him eventually. I'd like to think so. I'd like to hope so that we could, um, you know, bring some players through from yourselves. Um, and, it, it, you know, I look back at some of the players that we've had between ourselves and uh, I was I was looking and I'd forgotten about Luis Emmanuel and, you uh, <laughs> yeah, when when he, I mean, obviously, I, I, I don't know if you guys know that he was uh, arrested for. I think he got sent down for seven years for robbing a post office. Um, had a bad injury, but um, I can't think of many. Oh, apart from maybe Jacob Butterfield, um, I can't think of many other players that have kind of come between Bradford and Luke. Not in the last few years, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to think I'd like to think that we could have a partnership definitely, and and it suits both parties. You know, we need. We need to get out of League Two. We do, um, and 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 if that's you know if the clubs trust each other, then that's great. It's only going to be benefit both sides. Yeah, I think one more to add to that, um, Gilead. We had we had. Um, oh, I didn't realise you had Gilead, right? Yeah, I don't know how long it was, but I just remember him being here. Quite quite an exciting player, and and somebody that that yeah likes to to get at his man and, and create from from sort of wide positions and attacking midfield position as well, I seem to remember him. Well, um, thank you very much for joining today, speaking all things Dion Pereira. And um, let's hope next season it could be the year where, where you finally break out of League Two. Fingers crossed. And also for yourselves as well, like I said, I do, I do like uh, how the club is run. I think uh, it's nice to see how, I know it's ended on a bad moment, you know, sad moment for you guys, but I think what you guys have achieved this season has just proven um you know what what can happen uh, in the championship and uh, fingers crossed for next season for you guys and now i'm joined by dave from the glovers cast podcast dave we're going to be talking about all things josh nerfville and the first question i've got is is how has he got on during his, his second spell with the glovers well, unfortunately, he uh, he didn't stay with us for the uh, final game of the season. We we had a win up at Altrincham, uh, which would have been quite a special place for him, I think, because uh, last season uh, when he was uh, he had and a real impact for us when when he was here during the lockdown years when unfortunately Yeovil Town fans had to watch him uh, via streams. But uh, but Altrincham was actually the the ground where he suffered a, a horrendous um, a broken leg in the the our final game of last season and it was something that our manager when he re-signed this season our manager Darren Saul said was that one thing just Nurfield said to him was altering on the last day of the season I can't wait for that one um, which but I think tells you gives you a, a bit of a clue as to what, what kind of a character he is but um, so unfortunately he couldn't be there for them but you will not find the Oval Town fan who's got a bad word to say about Justin Nurfield Absolutely fantastic, exciting player. Uh, I'd love to say he could be our, he could be our player, but he is. Uh, I think that boy's destined for the top, if you ask me. 
certainly good to hear. And, and we spoke a little bit um, off air about uh, sort of his progression this year. Um, said that as Luton fans, we've seen only glimpses of him and it's been in a, which is a little bit unfamiliar to you, but you did say that you have seen him in this position. We've seen him at right back and, and right mid. So playing up front and, and what, what he does best, what, what can he offer a team and, and what has he shown with Yeovil so far that, that sort of justifies that he could make it to the top? Yeah, well, uh, I think last season when when we got him, I probably didn't really expect a great deal from him. And he, he, he came in uh, quite slowly. Uh, he, he actually came in with a, with a couple of other loan players at the time. And he was probably one of those that didn't really expect too much from. But he, he, he hadn't, I don't think he'd really covered himself in a great deal of glory, but had a fairly anonymous kind of loan spells. Uh, I think Woken it was, and maybe Solio Moores as well. but. Uh, he he came in playing in a like say a, a wide position. Um, he was play, play, playing out wide on 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 the right side, and uh, we had a, another player um, by the name of Tom Knowles who played on the other side. And together they were electric, real real pace, real trickery. Um, I, I can tell you, if you were a fullback uh, in the National League, the last thing you want is just Nurfield running at you. Um, I think probably the one thing that we've noticed about him more than anything since he'd come back is he, from, from obviously from his injury, he is a lot bigger. <laughs> he's, a, he's a lot more of a, a character. And last season, if you told me Justin Erfield was going to be playing up front as a um, as a centre forward, I would have thought, mm, no, that's probably not the place for him. He's a, he's a wide man. He relies on his pace and his trickery. There is a lot more of Justin Erfield <laughs> this season. Uh, not, you know, he's not, 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 not overweight by anything, but he's, uh, he can certainly hold his own. And I mean, Luton Town fans. It's not a million years ago that you guys were were a non-league club, so so you'll know um, what national league defenders can be. And uh, I can tell you, Justin Nurfield can can certainly hold his own defensively. I think we we played him in one game where he played at right back, which was we um, had a real injury crisis towards the end of last season, and um, uh, and he played he played at right back for half a game. And the fact that he didn't do it in the second half tells you how how well he did. Definitely not a defender, but uh, offensive. I would, I probably put him up there with the with the best in our division going forward. And when you think about the the money that there is at this level, uh, with the likes of Wrexham and Stockport, obviously spending the cash they are, that's that's some some praise, I think. Certainly, and um, as as we said before, it's um, sort of exciting for us Luton fans. We've seen him in pre seasons before, and. No, he's, he's electric pace, everything about him, his mindset, his attitude all seems top class. And to, to sort of bridge that with a successful loan spell certainly is a really exciting prospect as a Luton fan. And, and just looking a little bit deeper into Josh Nurfield and, and his time at Yeovil, when he's been playing up front, what kind of system has he, has he been playing? And is it sort of a solid 4-4-2 where he was linked up with another striker? Well, has he played by himself? Has he had sort of a number 10 around him? When he's been uh, playing up front, he's been largely paired alongside um, another striker we got called Rubin Reed, quite well known in the sort of lower leagues. He's been around a bit at various clubs. So uh, Reed is uh, certainly a back to goal uh, um, player, uh, holds the ball up well, lays it off, and I think that's where Justin Nurfield comes in. He's I wouldn't necessarily say he's a, he's a number ten. You can definitely tell that he's spent a lot of his his career playing in wide positions because he does naturally migrate into those wide positions. But he is someone that if you 
if you can get that player who can hold the ball up, lay it off to him, let him use his pace. There was a there was a goal he scored um, against Stockport for us, and Stockport, as we know, they won the um, they won the national league. They spent up for national league standards ridiculous um, sums of money. There was a, we 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 beat them two one at our place um, a couple of weeks ago, and there was a moment where a ball was played through to to Josh Nurfield. He was. Um, up against a couple of uh, Stockport defenders, and he just absolutely left him for dead. Uh, took the keeper, the, their keeper, Ben Hinscliffe, who plays for Stockport, is probably one of the best goalkeepers, if not the best goalkeeper in that division. He drew him and just slotted it past him, which uh, was an absolutely uh, yeah magic moment. That was the first goal he'd actually scored in front of um, uh, home fans, I think. So because obviously last season, as I say, we were we were pretty much all watching him. On, on streams, which was a, a real frustration. So um, yeah, it's the first goal we'd seen him score in front of uh, in front of our, our home end. So that was a that was a real special moment for for everybody. Because uh, having seen how we finished last season with the injury, I think everyone was devastated for him. And when we saw him come back playing for Luton in some county cup games and so forth, everyone. Uh, all over social media and so forth were just delighted you know just to see him playing again it was um it was a real real really refreshing and then to see him come back see him back in the oval township yeah he's one of those players that i think we'll we'll look back on and just think yeah we were really we were really lucky to have him when we had him and hopefully you know we've done a little bit to to help his development because i i do say i think if he does get the opportunity i i think he's he he won't be troubling a league two or or certainly not a national league side on loan. I think he'll be he's got it within him to be in a very good league two side or a or a league one side at least. If you know that's if he doesn't get his chance at Luton. And we, you spoke about it there. You you sort of refer him as, as one of the better strikers in the national league at present. Uh, well, at, at the end of the twenty one twenty two campaign, now it's all finished. How high do you do you reckon his ceiling could be could he cut it at a championship level at the top end maybe not now but you know looking in, in a couple of years time could that be an ambition of his that, that could quite easily be met absolutely well I think at the oval we've been we've been very lucky to have some very good loan players um down the years uh, if you go back maybe five or six seasons we had Andros Townsend was on loan from from Tottenham Hotspur and a lot of people have drawn comparisons between Andros Townsend and uh, Josh Nurfield, having having seen the two of them. When Andros Townsend came, he was very raw. He, you know, he made some mistakes because he was uh, he was a much younger player playing for Tottenham at the time. But I think everybody saw something in him that thought, yes, go you know, go out there, get get more loan spells under your belt at higher levels. We were. Um, uh, a League One club at the other time, and I think he went on to play for maybe teams like Leeds. I think I think he went to Birmingham or somewhere. I think that's what Just Nurfield needs now. He needs to test himself at that higher level. As I say, I, I genuinely believe next season he could be in a League One squad. Maybe not making the first team every week, but I think he could certainly be a very useful player in a in a in a League One squad or a, a good League Two side. I think given time. Um, he could he could certainly be a championship player. He's got everything about him that tells you that that he can. He he's he's had a horrendous injury uh, and he's come back to it. And I think that's testament to his mental strength as well. And it shows you that mentally he's he's got what it takes. And you you listen to him talk, you see you know his posts on social media. He's got no airs and graces about him. He's a really balanced, you know, sensible lad. And I think 
uh, another one of our players, uh, a couple of our players on the uh, Luton Town. So Nathan Jones was a, a very big favourite at Yeovil. And Chris Cohen, who's your first team coach, was uh, absolutely fantastic player for us. And I think under their stewardship, um, he could... He, he, he's got he's got potential. One of my colleagues on the podcast did say we will see Justin Erfield as a Premier League player sometime in the future. So that's how that's how I he rates him. Anyway. Yeah, it's great to hear those, those rave reviews. And yeah, as you say, Josh Nerfield, um, I'm, I'm sure Nathan Jones will run the rule over him um, in, in the summer. It's going to set to be an exciting summer at Luton anyway. So whether Josh Nerfield can, can really test himself and, and try try to prove himself in the first team environment that would be exciting to see but thank you very much Dave thank you for, for coming on my pleasure and I hope it can be a, a productive summer for Yeovil in terms of the recruitment process it's open yeah if you've got any more you want to chuck our way we're, we're more than happy to take them away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.